Hi, this is Bernard Mayo, and you're listening to UMass Women's Basketball on 91.1 WMUA. Welcome to episode 26 of the UMass Women's Basketball Show here on the official radio network of Minute Women Hoops WMUA Sports. It is a very special episode. We are here in the quarters, joined by some UMass fans, along with my co-hosts Chris Vogel and Sam Kinches. And UMass has won their first national postseason game of the year. They defeated Albany on Friday. And, fellas, they did it in rather convincing fashion. Oh, yeah, they won every single quarter of the game. I was worried they were going to come out slow, you know, sometimes a little bit of a letdown, not being in the NCAAs. But they didn't. They scored 23 in the first quarter and didn't really let up from there. It's a great way to see them playing at 100% from the opening tip. Especially with UMass, where we've seen them so much time throughout the year get to a slow start and have to pick themselves up, dig themselves out of a hole. It was really reassuring to see them dominate and have a complete game from the get-go and really dominate from start to finish. Four players in double digits, you significantly out-rebound them. That is the recipe for success. But even though you win this one, this next matchup that they have against is not going to be a walk in the park. Yeah, we're going to preview the round two matchup against Harvard a little later on in the show. But I think what really impressed me was just the fact that UMass's energy felt great from the beginning. Yes, the defense wasn't sensational in the first quarter, but the way the offense was flowing, they didn't come out flat to start, which I think was a little bit of a worry, especially, honestly, for both teams, considering the disappointment they had in their respective conference championships. But I love how UMass was so physical down low. They were playing a smaller team, and they took advantage of it. They felt like they were playing with a real purpose. We talked about the show previewing the NIT that they came off that disappointing lost in eight and turn, but like they're coming with a chip on their shoulder. They have a reason to play. They wanted to show how dominant they truly are. And again, they could have let the, they could have drowned the stops in the sorrow of the loss, but they took it and used it as motivation. And now they're off and running. And the sky's the limit for the team if they keep up this energy, this intensity, and this this purpose. Yeah, for lack of a they, better word. I think they definitely need to just kind of like survive round one. It's probably the best way to put it because that's the one where you're worried about it. Now you're in the swing of the postseason, and that's kind of you don't have to worry about. The energy levels is you should be getting up to play these games as you get later on in the tournament yeah i think you're exactly right chris and i think it's a new season when you reach the postseason everyone comes in with a record of zero and zero and i think sometimes that helps the players too you get a bit of a fresh slate and i specifically look and think about angelique galakulondi the game that she had friday night was sensational and it was definitely her best game of the season maybe of her career because she was scoring she was rebounding offensive rebound defensive rebounds it was just so impressive to watch a new career high in rebounds with 15 of them and she was just dominating with the physicality that was really great to see we've seen it throughout this with Ange as the season has gone she has really blossomed into that x factor for the minute women they that that interior presence that they've lacked for a while she's blossomed into that especially in big games throughout the 810 tournament she really stepped up her game and as the postseason has gone on she's continued to establish herself and it's helped umass establish and play to their best because they play their best when they can control the interior she has been the catalyst of that not only should she have 15 rebounds and 17 points she had two blocks as umass really much anchor and did not let anything easy for Albany. I think the most impressive thing on her stat line was of those 15 off- uh, fifteen rebounds, seven were on the offensive glass. That was huge for a team that you know needed the second chance points. Uh, just uh, just general basketball, you need those second chance points to kind of put a team away and 
She had seven of the team, 17. So that cannot be overlooked when just looking at the numbers as a whole. And UMass had 25 second chance points. They had 40 points in the paint. You mentioned the 17 offensive rebounds. And it wasn't just Gala Kulundi, as great as she was. McKenna White, 12 points, six rebounds. Sam Breen, a very good game, 16 points, 11 rebounds. Just another day in the office. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But she continued to rack up the double-doubles. And it was nice to see the scoring efficiency be higher, too, with the 7-for-12 shooting from the field. UMass shot a ton in the first quarter, 21 field goal attempts, but they kind of settled into the game a little bit, and Albany did better at slowing the pace because that's what you Albany wants is to work the game a little slower. But UMass was just too quick, and the Minute Women did to the Great Danes, I think, what we expected them to do. Yeah, so UMass also, like you said, they shot a ball a lot in the first quarter. They also kind of struggled from three and then made the adjustment. A lot of times you see a team get upset early in a national tournament game. It's because, you know, they're not hitting shots. and They just keep trying to go to the three-pointer. UMass, one of seven in the first quarter from three, and then they only took nine the rest of the game and shot almost 50% from there on out. So it wasn't like they're like, okay, we're just going to keep going back to something that didn't work. They started to go to Galaclundi down low, and that's kind of what got the offense back on track and let them pull away as the game went on. And even though they shoot the three at a fairly efficient rate, like in the high 30s, <clears throat> it is very good for them to know that. And they can sort of they can adjust, play their game. The UMass dominates. Their game is an interior game. They're not a high-volume shooting team. They very much get a lot of their points from inside the paint, in front, passing and assist. And for me, again, I talk about the assist. The assist numbers are what stand out to me the most. They had 17 assists. That means probably about, I don't know the math entirely, but I think about almost half their points are coming off assist. That means they were moving the ball well, getting people shots. Destiny Filoxi felt very, very comfortable at a game. Game high six assists. She did not score well, but that's what we got to do. Everybody contributing to their own niche in their own way, and that's when this team works like the well-oiled machine that they are. You know what I'm gonna say about Floxy? Only one turnover. Bingo. I, I, I want to go back and look through the stats. What's her, what's the team's record when she has like two or less versus five Pretty or good. more? Yeah, I Pretty think that's, good. that's been the biggest indicator on how this team's gonna do in a game. So that's great when she only has one and has those six assists to help the team. And I think that was an underrated part of the game on Friday night was Bernaya Mayo and Destiny Filoxi. The two of them combined for 11 assists and combined for just two turnovers, which is exactly what you're saying, Chris. If you're taking care of the basketball and you're not giving you, Albany, an opportunity to capitalize on misplays, then you're going to be in really good position. And yes, the two of them didn't score much, just seven points combined between the two of them, but you don't need to do that. When Sydney Taylor's your leading scorer with 19, and you've got three other players in double figures who are also dominating the glass, Mayo and Filoxi don't need to score. They just need to facilitate and not make mistakes, and they did that to a T. I think it was last week I kind of said some of the extent of, yeah, I, Mayo's a great player, but when she, you're kind of getting in trouble when she's your number one option, she's forcing stuff. We saw how good this offense can be when people like Mayo and Filoxi are not your shoot-first options, and they're there to facilitate the ball and get it to people like Taylor, like Galaclani, like Breen that are going to do the bulk of the scoring. They're great second and third options, and that's kind of what they are in this team, and it makes a great basketball team as a whole. You look all throughout college basketball, both men's and women's, the best thing that people are talking about that gets teams far as in tournament is good guard play, and that's what UMass has. They're not scoring at high volume, but good point guards don't need to do that to have an impact and create a win. The 11 assists with two overs between the two of them is an absurd margin and if that's the way they're going to play and that's the way they're going to succeed who knows how far they can go in this tournament exactly i think the ceiling is really high and it's very promising for this team 
and we're going to talk about the second round matchup that will be occurring tonight against Harvard. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But first, this episode 26 of the UMass Women's Basketball Show is brought to you by The Quarters. Located just off Route 9 on the bike trail in Hadley, The Quarters offers unlimited arcade play with 25 vintage games from the 80s and 90s, as well as a full food menu, draft beers, and cocktails. Weekly events at The Quarters include Monday trivia, Thursday karaoke, and weekend morning unlimited cereal buffet and cartoons. The Quarters also offers private events, and The Quarters is online at HadleyQuarters.com and on Instagram and Facebook. We are able to be here at the quarters for this show, which is pretty fun. We got people playing arcade games, and we've also got an audience in front of us. If any of you have questions, feel free to just like put your hand up and then come speak in the microphone, and we can answer them about broadcasting, about the women's basketball team, etc. A couple things before we get to Stump the Senior, I want to touch on on Friday's victory over U Albany. They set a program record for most wins in a season with 27. They also set a program record for most Mullen Center wins in a season with their 13th, and they'll have a chance to extend both those records today. But although the season had some ups and downs and might not have finished exactly where they wanted, this team has still been very historic in what they're doing. Bernaya Mayo's 40 points away from a, scoring 1,000 points. They're putting up history left and right, and... I also love the fact that it's 13 wins at the Mullen Center because we've seen the crowd there grow so much throughout the year. I'm going to toss the U-Albany game out because that was during break, but overall, the community has seemed to really support this team as they've grown and as they've been setting these records. I mean, how can you not? The way they're playing, not only the talent both individually and collectively, and Tori Verdi specifically has really galvanized this team and made them just a real staple of, math, of UMass athletics, both in terms of their performance, but also just how the, the, the students view them. It's amazing to see how their success is being celebrated by students, mem family members, parents, and everybody in the surrounding area. It is just incredible to see that, and it's a real testament to how far they've come from where they were and just how much they've built themselves now and going forward once this season ends. Yeah, I remember early in the season, I'd be dragging one of my friends with me. We'd be the only two kids in the entire student section. Now you go the last regular season conference game. That place was had 4,000 people and 3,000 people in it. And it was a great crowd, a lot of students. I think you're going to see the same tonight, which is great. Got a great basketball team led by Verdi. I think it's a, one more chance to see some of the best players in program history. At least one more chance. We'll and see. There's no way to one know. One more guaranteed chance. Exactly. There's no way to know who's hosting what games and when those games will be in the future rounds of the WNIT because they do things a little oddly, if we're being honest, but that's all right. And I think co head coach Tori Verdi put out a tweet yesterday saying his goal for tonight's game is 4,000 fans. We had a little over 3,000 for the GW regular season finale. It's a national postseason game, so here's hoping the crowd and the community rise to the occasion. So bring all your friends, bring all your family, even if you're from out of town. Now, I think it's time for our next edition of Bum -ba -bum, Stump the Senior. All right. Um, Jacob, if you don't get the answer, audience, if you know the answer to this question, if Jacob does not get it, feel free to take a swing at it. UMass comes into this game against Harvard 2-6. UMass does not have a good historical record against Massachusetts-based team. <laughs> Jacob, out of, this, out of the Massachusetts school in Division One, which one does UMass have the most wins against? Which Massachusetts D1 school does UMass have the most wins against? All right, that's a good one. They haven't played Northeastern or BU in a long time. The first school that came to mind is BC, but I don't think they're great <laughs> against them. I somehow knew that was coming. <laughs> yeah, surprise, surprise. Um, they've got... 14 wins against Harvard. Oh, UMass Lowell, they've played a lot. 
Is that what you were thinking there, Quinn? Quinn was thinking UMass Lowell. So it's my. All right, we're going with UMass Lowell. That is correct. Let's go. I appreciate the crowd. Second, well done. The second was Holy Cross. That would be the other one. Holy Cross was Holy second. Cross existed. Yep. UMass played them a really close game last but year. But especially in recent history, they like they're one and nine against BC at least over the past like few years. They they're six and six against BU. What's their record against uh, UMass Lowell? Of recently, five and one. I don't know entirely, but I know UMass Lowell. Holy Cross, they have a pretty good record. Merrimack, they're one and one. They've only played them like twice in least yeah. recently. But yeah, but like Merrimack just made the jump to D one. Right, so exactly. exactly. Yeah. Like it, it's funny, they really haven't played a whole ton of the Commonwealth schools throughout at least in recent at least in recent years. So it's funny. You would think they try to push those regional rivalries a little bit more. I'm wondering if maybe now that both the team, now the team's getting better and they're at the level. You could see maybe UMass and Harvard playing more frequently as it as years go along, maybe. They just picked that up. Last year was the first time right. in five or six years that they had played Harvard, and then they play them again this year. To me, that's a gimme. I mean, UMass and Harvard should play every year in most sports, at least in the basketball. It's like, come on, they're right there. Harvard's been billing this as an in-state rivalry game. And they're so, pretty similar talent level. Like, yeah. You play some of the smaller schools in Mass, like, Merrimack, great pro like they're building a great program over there, but they're just not up to the standard of a Harvard or a UMass yet. Yeah. So I think you, that's a good matchup in terms of where the programs are on both men's and women's side, UMass and Harvard. That should be an every-year game. And it brings out so many fans, too. There was a ton of UMass fans who were at the women's UMass versus Harvard game. There were even more at the men's UMass versus Harvard game out at Levitas Pavilion. And so I really think the athletic directors make sure those matchups keep happening. They've been great games on both the men's and the women's side. So I think... That's definitely something they should keep doing. And I think that means we're in for a great game tonight against Harvard and UMass. They put up a great game last in November, last time they played. And so we are going to preview that round two matchup of the WNIT right after this quick break here on the official radio network of Minute Women Hoops, WMUA 91.1 FM Amherst. I'm so stressed out by my assignments. Oh no, what assignments do you have? I have to choreograph an interpretive dance based on the 2008 election of President Obama, do an experiment comparing the amount of body odor produced by people from the five different colleges, and build a commemorative sculpture to the inventor of dental floss. That's so many assignments. But if you want to take a moment to de-stress, I know someone who can help. Or should I say, some dog. Huh? All semester, CCPH is holding drop-in dog therapy on Mondays and Wednesdays. You can drop in by the Middlesex Lounge the same day you plan to attend and check in with the front desk. For more information, visit the CCPH website. Sounds awesome. I'm definitely going. <laughs> He has an overbite that makes him look like a cartoon character, a slightly crooked eye, and an uncommonly wrinkly neck. In the right light, he can look a little like a garden gnome, and he'll wear a bow tie just because. Sure, you might call him a little quirky, but that's exactly what makes him so perfect. Tuna is a three-year-old Chihuahua Dachshund mix with more than 700,000 followers on Instagram, and it all started because he was adopted. You can't buy a best friend like Tuna, but you can adopt one. Help us save them all at bestfriends.org. Hi, this is Destiny Philoxy, and you're listening to UMass Women's Basketball on 91.1 WMUA. Welcome back to episode 
six of the UMass Women's Basketball Show. We are live at the quarters with some UMass Women's Basketball fans, and we're going to take this time now to see if anyone has some questions about the team, the program, UMass Athletics, WMUA Sports. If you do, just come on up, come speak to the microphone. You're also welcome to do that throughout the rest of our Women's Basketball Show. I see George William Myers coming up. George, fire away. Thanks for being here, guys. What's been one of the biggest surprises for you uh, over the course of this season with the team? That's a really, that's good, a really question. That's a um, good question. I think what has surprised me has been the, <laughs> this may be a little negative, but the lack of depth we've seen on the floor. I was listening to our preview episodes uh, way at the beginning of the year huh. where we had very high expectations for eight, nine, ten players are going to get the floor. No one's going to play 38 minutes a game unless they have to, etc. And that hasn't really been the case. I think we've seen a lot of good flashes. Layla, floor comes onto, Layla Fair comes onto the floor and she'll put up uh, get a few rebounds, maybe put it in a bucket when she gets five minutes or so of playing time. Piath Gabriel, that one play a few weeks ago, <laughs> caught the ball at the top of the arc, just drove to the right block. Like, laid oh, it yeah, in. that's why UConn was recruiting you yeah. while you were a five-star recruiter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so I think that's probably my biggest surprise is the fact that we haven't seen them get more playing time. But the U-Albany game was a really big change there. If you look at the minutes for that game, UMass only had two players play over 31 minutes and no one played over 35 minutes. Sydney Taylor was the leading minute getter at 34-41 and Galakulondi and Breen and White, they all played under 26 minutes and for me that was really what I want to see and Verdi talked about it post game, like getting to see what he has on the bench who can help this team next year I think was really cool and I would have loved to see it throughout the whole season but I think it was a good sign getting to see a bunch of different players yeah Verdi was kind of just being Verdi where he's <laughs> going to play his five starters 38 minutes a night and forget about the bench but yeah it's kind of one of the good things about this tournament is you get that chance to see what you have for next year a yep. little bit you still want to play the seniors and the grad students but you're also getting the younger players some experience and seeing okay can Fair help us next year can McKenna White be an impact player just it's going to yes, be a good preview yes she can we, th we knew that answer, answer before we just need to confirm it yeah. and she has I think for me has been the emergence of two players we Renaya Mayo we knew she was going to take a leap we t I don't think any of us expected to take this big of a leap yeah. developing into an all-conference second player at times being the leading scorer at time putting the offense on her back and just absolutely taking over games I mean that is a real like light at the end of the tunnel, like what she can provide this year and also in years forward when they still have her because we think that this year is a real transition period. Like Sam Breen and Veloxi are both going to go on to greener pastures and now you, you have something to go off for next year that what you have is not going to be lost entirely. And for me, also someone who I really have loved the growth of, Stephanie Kuleja. Ooh, yeah. And not only has she grown into just like an all-around player, like she's grown into her role. Typically those types of like young players, she's like really like accepted her role as like a defender coming and giving you some energy off the bench and not really stuffing a stat sheet and being satisfied with that and making the right plays at the right time. And I'm really satisfied another young player that can provide a lot of niche energy to this team going forward. Yeah, because that's something you always worry about when a player comes to college. Everyone on the roster is the best player at their high school when they came here. Kaleja was one of the best players in Pennsylvania when exactly. she was recruited. Delaware. Delaware. Everyone here Delaware. Is she was recruited. averaging yeah. 20 points a night at least when they're playing college. So it might be it's in high school. So it's a tough jump to jump to college. Okay, you're going to play 10 minutes a night. We need you to give us good defensive effort. We need you to do all the small things correct. Maybe you're not going to shoot the ball that much. 
But it's, imp it's great when you see players willing to do that and help the team in any way they can. And I think that's what goes a long way in making this team successful. And, yeah, I completely agree. Sam, you mentioned Bernaya Mayo. She's improved her game offensively so much this year. She's improved her points per game by about three. That's and insane. she's getting more assists, too. So she's contributing in all aspects. She hasn't diminished one part of her game by improving another. It's all risen together, which I think has been awesome. She has the most steals in a single season for a UMass player twice now. She got it last year and then has surpassed it this year. And, again, she's also 40 points away from scoring a thousand points and this is only her third season which is all the more impressive considering we haven't really thought of her as much of a scorer but again she has elevated her whole game and i think it's made a big difference i'm really excited to see what she's going to do next year if she's only getting better whoo the sky's the limit for her yeah she's probably and we'll probably touch on this at a later day but she's probably the key player for next year because she'll be kind of the one that's one-to-one -one, got to continue what she's doing and replace what floxy's doing so She'll be huge for the future of this program. And also, reminder, Bernaya Mayo only had one D1 offer when she was coming out of high school, and that was from UMass. And so Coach Verdi saw something in her, and he always says it was her competitive drive is what enticed her so much, and that's how she became a Minute Women, and she's been hugely clutched to this program, no question about it. Thank you to George for the question. Any other questions regarding UMass women's basketball for right now? Oh, yeah, great. We have another one from Ian. Hi. Um, this is more about like, the atmosphere in general. I play with the hoop and with a lot of other students. We yeah. always like to come to the games, and especially Coach Verdi has been very supportive of the band. He yes. always like high fives us and stuff. <laughs> so I guess one question to ask you guys: is What is your favorite part about the UMass hoop band? Oh, <laughs> so, there's so many good so choices. Many. I'll go. I'll go first. Okay. I like that they always have the energy, even when the student attendance isn't always yes. there. It's great. It's basically the replacement for the student section when they're not, and it just kind of brings an energy to that game, no matter what the atmosphere was before. I think I kind of love the, uh, I know it's because the student se section sometimes isn't that full, but when the opponent is shooting free throws in your guys' direction, and you all just sprint waving instruments, I'll look over and like, oh, there's a flying trombone in the air, like, hello. And I don't know, I just think it's great. And I, I have no idea what, if the numbers back it up, but I mean, it's awesome. <laughs> I kind of love that aspect. Not to mention, I love the tunes. Like the amount oh of times God, I'll be yeah. like bopping while talking on the, uh, uh, court side, so yeah. I'm a fan of the clouds, so whenever you guys play a Stevie Wonder or a clouds from the 80s, I always that always hit that always hits me deep. So I always love the music choices, and as someone who like appreciates like it, it just adds an extra level of energy and entertainment to the game that just keeps everyone engaged in a unique way. And I also I'm down in Delaware having the hoop band there last year and this year for the A10 tournament was sick because that <laughs> gym like it gets so loud in there, and especially with the band. I loved it, especially when you get the competing bands, although, like, Battle of the Bands friends, but it, takes exactly, Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I just think it was awesome, so, yeah, yeah I love that. I mean, I, I actually had the opportunity to be not only at the A2 Women's Tournament last year, but even at Oklahoma with oh, the NCAA, nice. so yeah, yeah, yeah. it was always special to a lot of us, you know, so we really appreciate all of the programs done for us, and appreciate you guys for covering it so well. And the program and the fans greatly appreciate what the Hoop Band does. It cuts because, both ways. Like, yeah, like Chris said, to walk into Mullen Center every day knowing – We've got at least 20 really loud supporters <laughs> who are going to join together and just be loud and support the team is awesome, and they deserve it. So big kudos to you. Right, it's no a problem. lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I also, for those of you who don't know, the Hoop Band had great flexibility last Friday, and it'll be again on Monday when they got switched to the other side of the gym. <laughs> I was told per one of the Mullins managers, per WNIT rules, a school's band must be on the same side of the floor as their team's bench. 
So, the flexibility, adaptability, hey, it works. Like, they still sounded just as good. So, <laughs> love those national turns trying to take away the home court advantage. <laughs> it was the first home national postseason game in we UMass history, and we learned new things. So, there you go. <laughs> I think it's time we start to preview the Harvard game that will be happening tonight. If anyone else here has more questions, feel free to just, again, come up and ask it. But... Tonight at 7 p.m., UMass will host the Harvard Crimson. It'll be a rematch of a game from earlier this season. It was UMass's fourth game of the year. UMass defeated Harvard in Cambridge by, on the strength of a late fourth quarter comeback. The final score was 77 to 67. UMass was down by six at the half. They were down at nine one point in the third quarter, but the Minute Women went on an 11-0 run to end the third, start the fourth quarter. And they ended up winning by nine points. And it showed a lot of resolve because that gym was loud. And it was a really, it was the first time all year we had to see UMass really come back from a game. They tried to do it against Tennessee, but Tennessee's a really big team. And UMass did well against them. But this Harvard game felt like a game they should win. It just took them a while to get going. But I think that also gives the Minute Women a lot of confidence going into playing the Crimson again. Also, you know, that was really Sydney Taylor's coming out party. She had 23 points, 4 of 7 from 3. Just I feel like that's kind of what jump-started her season, being one of the top scorers in the conference. And she'll probably be key again tonight, but without her, they don't win that game. And I'm looking at the opponent's team. UMass cannot afford to let Harvard get hot from play. Yeah. <laughs> Harvard is coming off a game. Folks, they just scored 103 points against Townsend in their last game. This team is no joke. They and, are the hot. And 91 of those points were in the final right. three quarters. They <laughs> averaged over 30 points in the final three quarters. They shoot 36% from three. They can shoot the lights out of the gym. And UMass cannot make it comfortable. Verdi talked about his press conference about the effort on defense. UMass needs to press early. Not necessarily like a full court rest, but they need to be like up in their faces, making every shot on console. They cannot afford to let up open looks and let Harvard get hot from three. Because if they let them get comfortable shooting the three, it could be a long night for any team that plays them. UMass got a little lucky in that regard when they played them. Harvard was just chucking threes up all night. They had 40 attempts, but they only hit 11 oh of them. Oh my gosh. Harmony, yeah, so yeah, Harmony Turner had f seven points the whole game. That's only 27.5% of the team. If they're up there like towards the I don't know, mid, low to mid-30s, that's probably the difference in that game. So if you can keep them shooting that way or, you know, stop them from shooting 43s, that would be a way to go. also taking into account that Sam Breen had had a down game that game, and that's not what we're expecting now. She played an incredible game against Albany. She's going to continue that momentum. Sam Breen had eight points that game. We're not expecting that out of her this game. There are a lot of factors that took away in, like, how unique this game was. The one other player, I think, from that game, I feel like Gallic Lundy started but only played 15 minutes. and mm -hmm. uh, didn't. She played okay in the limited role, but it was a limited role, only at four points. If she's at all like she was in the first round, that's great. That's going to be another difference maker they have to be able to count on. And while Breen and Gallic Lundy weren't great against the Crimson, McKenna White was super good. Oh she shot gosh. 9 for 13 from the field, 18 points, 8 rebounds. And I think that shows UMass can and still should have success down low in the paint. I know Breen was battling an illness during that game as well. And so there were a whole bunch of different factors there. But White showed UMass can dominate down low. The Minute Women still had 42 points in the paint because their guards were getting downhill. They weren't necessarily settling for the, th the three, which I think is huge. Also, UMass had 22 offensive rebounds. That's going to be another huge factor because Harvard can control the glass. You look at Harmony Turner. She had a triple-double in the first-round game of the WNIT against Towson. You look at Mackenzie Forbes. She averages a good amount of rebounds per game. Elena Rodriguez, seven rebounds a game as well. This Harvard team can shoot. They can rebound. They can get downhill. 
they're a tough t tough test, and they're certainly much better than you all. This game is going to be so fun to watch because these teams are very kind of similar. Besides the three point shooting, their their makeup is very similar. They rely a lot on on the, on offensive rebounding. That reliance on that, you see it with these teams. They win when they rebound and clean up the glass better than anyone else. So it's going to come down to really effort and who wants it more because that's what rebounding really is. Are you going to be able to dig deep, get in front, and get that rebound when, it's not, when you really feel like you can't? And I feel like UMass needs to continue the energy they had against Albany and make that manifest against Harvard. Yeah, because they struggled a little. They out-rebounded Albany, but they did struggle a little bit in that first-round game where they, got, they lost the offensive rebound battle. They gave up a bunch of offensive boards to Albany. Um, so that's just something that can't happen. You got to box out. You got to put a body on a body, and can't let them get 19 offensive rebounds or whatever. I think yeah, 19 offensive rebounds by Albany. You got to keep that number I don't know, low teens at the highest if you want to have a chance. And one more thing, the way that McKen both McKenna and Galati have been playing, just like each one of them have been like sort of I guess switching off, like who's gonna go off this game? You go off this game. But this is the time where they really both like together collectively contributed individually in some of their best performances of the season. So, again, it's momentum. March is about, can you get hot at the right time? And they seem to be hitting their stride, and they got to keep that going. You mentioned getting hot at the right time, Sam. Harvard has been red hot to end this season, and it almost took them to the NCAA tournament. They had a lead entering the fourth quarter of the Ivy Tournament Championship. Then they got outscored by 13 in the fourth quarter against Princeton. So Princeton went to the NCAA tournament, then had an upset in the first round. But this Harvard team has been beating good teams. It's been a while since they've lost to a team not named Columbia or Princeton. And they beat Columbia in overtime. We know how good they are. We've talked at nauseum about the Lions. But this Harvard team has been playing very good basketball lately. They've played some tough teams. Some of them have gone their way. Some of them haven't. But... It feels like they're full of confidence right now, and they're using that blown fourth quarter of the championship game as motivation. Yeah, I was looking at that. I almost forgot they had four teams. Like, oh, they must got upset pretty early. Didn't realize it was the championship until later in my research because mm, yeah. Ivy does it. They don't put everyone in. But, yeah, I mean, their team, you were worried about same thing, kind of a little bit of UMass, worried about that possible letdown of blowing up, like Princeton especially blew a fourth quarter lead. But they didn't do it at all. I mean, they had a little bit. They had that first quarter. They struggled. The second, third, and fourth, once they got there, they were 100% all in on winning that game and just a dangerous team to play against. It's funny. You talk about storylines in a way like UMass's Harvard stories of how they got to this point is somewhat similar in a way. Like, you went, you lose in your conference championship in a game that maybe some of you thought you were going to win, and now it's all come to this point where you have the same storylines and who's going to be the one to put it over the top. It's very fascinating to see how the steps that each of them took to get to this point. And that's kind of how the WNIT works for a lot of teams. Colleen Mullen, the head coach of UAlbany, she talked to us post-game on Friday. She said the same thing. She said both these teams have been on the same journey where they returned all their starters last year from making the NCAA tournament and then fell in heartbreaking fashion in their conference championship game. Harvard's the same thing, albeit Harvard did not make the NCAA tournament yesterday, or last year. But still, same thing. They made a really close run couldn't quite make it into March Madness this year. But for Harvard, their personnel are really good. You look at Harmony Turner, Lola Mullaney, Mackenzie Forbes. Those are the big three for the Crimson. But they also have Saniya Glenbello, who's been a sensational first-year player out of Staten Island. She has been excellent. She's got good speed and good length. And then Elena Rodriguez is excellent down low for Harvard. They have so many different options that can beat you scoring the basketball, rebounding the basketball, that 
it's very similar to UMass where you can't just stop one and expect to win. You have to make sure you're accounting for all of them. That's why the UMass needs to, like, they need to make sure they're communicating. Mm. Therefore, there are so many weapons that you need to make sure no stone is left unturned. You need to be communicating on defense, getting around screens. They're probably going to try to confuse you, get shooters open. That's what they like to do. And you just got to make sure that, if you're, especially if they're going to be in a man deep, in, in defense, they got to make sure everybody's in their spots and they're just communicating. And again, Hitting your stride at the right time, this UMass team is starting to trust each other and defensively, but now they got to kick it up a notch at a higher level. Yeah, it, obviously you're probably going to be a man. They are most of the time anyway, a yeah. three-point shooting team, you're going to be a man. But just they have so many shooters on Harvard. I was looking off the bench. Katie Krupa is a 30% shooter, doesn't play a ton, <laughs> but she scores when she gets on, out there. It's just a team that's probably that goes about eight or nine deep with players that can just score and hit threes and hurt you from a variety of ways so you got to everyone you got to guard one through five can't just be okay we're going to take away their top two or three scores yeah you're exactly right and this harvard team is going for history as well the crimson have never made it further than the second round of a national postseason game and that that includes the wnit they've never made it further than the second round they also scored the most points in any D1 men's or women's national postseason game this year with the 103. Harmony Turner's triple-double was the sixth in Ivy League history. It was the second in Harvard history. It was their largest margin of victory in the postseason by 40 points over Townsend. So I think right now Harvard is feeling really good. But that being said, there are a lot of different ways that UMass can go about defeating the Crimson. But before we dive into that, this broadcast and episode 26 of the UMass Women's Basketball Show is brought to you by The Quarters. Located just off Route 9 on the bike trail in Hadley, The Quarters offers unlimited arcade play with 25 vintage games from the 80s and 90s, as well as full food menu, draft beers, and cocktails. Weekly events at The Quarters include Monday trivia, Thursday karaoke, and weekend morning unlimited cereal buffet and cartoons. The Quarters also offers private events. The Quarters is online at hadleyquarters.com and on Instagram and Facebook. We are recording this episode live here at the Quarters, which is a lot of fun. Big thanks to George and the rest of the Quarters staff for having us here. It's kind of like a pregame show in a way, considering the Harvard game is tonight at 7 p.m. at the Mullen Center. As we look towards UMass, Chris Vogel, Sam Kinchis, who do you want to see step up for UMass? Who needs to play well to help the Minute Women defeat the Crimson? I think it's the postseason. You need your best players to well, go play well. I think Sam Breen has to have another great game. She played well in the first round, but really step it up. Get another double-double. Get close to 20 points again and play good defense, which I think is the biggest part of her game has to be is the defensive end tonight. I feel like there are a lot of ways you can go about this. We've talked in length about these players. So Taylor's an obvious choice, but I want to go with both the, with both the centers. i got to go with McKenna White and Angelique Gellicolundi. Again, we keep talking about that. The recipe for UMass's success relies upon them dominating the offensive glass. These two and, and Sam Marine are going to be at the forefront of that. They need to be the first line defense for every single rebound. And I really think that if they control it, especially early in the game, I think UMass can really very much pull away early and very much make this a game that's manageable. I think that's the key is getting off to a quick start. Harvard has shown they can come back. They were down by six points at the end of the first against Towson in the first round and then won by 40. But that's not going to happen tonight. I assure you that. I'm really looking for Destiny Philoxy to continue what I've seen as pretty good play from her. You look at the last three games, and she has had 16 assists in the last three games. She scored a bunch in the semifinals and the finals, which isn't always the best thing for the team because you really need 
her to be setting everyone up, but she's only turned the ball over four times in the last three games. It's going to be a big matchup with her against Harmony Turner. Turner runs a lot of the point for the Crimson. Philoxy is typically thought of as the best UMass defender, although Mayo and Breen can both make very strong cases as well. But Turner has a height advantage over Philoxy, so Destiny has to make sure she's just staying with Harmony Turner on the defensive end. Turner's really quick. Philoxy has to match that, and you have to match T Turner's urgency because she is so frenetic racing around the court. She, that's what makes her so successful. And on only that, you said there's side advantage. You got to be careful about foul trouble. That could be something very issue. That could be an issue early. We've seen Philoxy sometimes get into fouls early, and therefore she can't be as useful late in games. So therefore she needs to make sure that she's playing not only, you know, the phrase "think smarter, not harder." She needs to play smart defense, not always hard, but smart defense. The other one concern with me about her tonight is, as you're saying, she's going to be guarding a very active offensive player. It's going to be moving all over the place. She cannot get too worn out on the defensive end that she's making mental mistakes or physical mistakes on the offensive end and turn the ball over. She's got to have a complete game on both sides. Good defense, limit turnovers. She doesn't have to score, but has to keep it three turnovers or less. Against a team like Harvard, you cannot afford to make mistakes. They will make you pay. Again, we see them shoot back into games very quickly. So not just Philoxy, but... UMass cannot afford any turnovers, especially turnovers. Any sort of mental errors cannot go unnoticed this game. We saw Albany try to slow the game down on Friday, albeit they didn't do it too well. But tonight's going to be a different story. Both teams are going to be running. It's going to be fast-paced. It wouldn't surprise me if both teams are over 78 points today. It could also be one of those games where maybe you're going a little too fast and the shots aren't falling and you are turning the ball over. But I think both teams are gonna, going to want to play quickly, and it should make for a really fun game and fun atmosphere. And we already talked about it a little bit, but this game, this in-state rivalry, this national postseason level should really be a great motivator for people to come out to the Mullen Center tonight. 7 p.m. is the tip against Harvard. The first 500 students get a free T-shirt if you show your U-card. And it's a possibility to see... It's an opportunity to see two of the best players UMass has ever had, to see a bunch of really talented players on both teams in what should be a great punch-for-punch -punch battle. And, I mean, come out tonight, Monday night, show up. Best of one national postseason game. Doesn't get any better. One of my best moments in the Mullen Center, I believe it was at a hockey game, and I think we were playing Harvard in hockey, and the whole section was saying, safety school to Harvard. <laughs> I mean, what better way to stick, to stick it and then is to therefore just beat them, beat them at their own game, show them the safety schools are no joke, and we are here, to, we're here for a fight. We're not going down with that one. That being said, let's go, go into some score predictions for today's game. We've talked about how good both these teams are. Sam, we'll start with you. How do you see this game going today? I think this game's going to be absolutely fireworks. There's going to be offense from the, from the start to the finish. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring game. I think UMass does pull away by a final score of 83-77. to 77. Chris? Okay. You know I'm 0-6 when I pick against UMass, right? We've been over this. <laughs> Hopefully I'm 0-7. I'm going to go Harvard 71, UMass 67. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, you're gonna. You're just trying to annoy everyone here. I told you uh, after our last show I was going to pick Harvard if that was the Always the skeptic. Oh, there you go, Chris. Um, I am more optimistic than you, Chris. <laughs> but I think, Why are we surprised? Yeah, I think each team will have their chance to win the game. I think being at home might be a bit of a disadvantage for UMass. We've talked all year how they get off to better starts on the road. That's just 
plain and simply what the numbers show. So I think Harvard will get out to an early lead. UMass will hang around, but they won't be able to pull away. Neither will Harvard. So the final score will be 84 to 82. UMass comes away victorious Oof. and moves to the third round. That third round matchup, no matter who wins, it'll it's be a battle, baby. Exactly. It'll be against Richmond or Rhode Island. Those two Atlantic 10 foes are playing tonight in Kingston at 6 p.m. So their game will be at halftime when we get started. We'll have a by the time the UMass game ends, we'll know who the winner is playing. It could be an opportunity for a Atlantic 10 battle in the third round if UMass wins. And I think it'll be really interesting to see how this group two plays out. If it is URI, UMass in the next round, that's probably the most interesting match in my opinion. We thought we were going to get that grudge match round in three of an eight tournament. We didn't because URI got upset fairly early. So it had to be that third matchup where both teams won at each other. Both won on the road, yep. which is interesting. So Fordham, also plays, Fordham also plays Columbia tonight yeah. at Columbia. Yeah. Got a New York versus New York battle. That should be exciting. And we got four A-10 teams still in the mix. I mean, the conference is representing themselves well with this NIT. Tonight's group two of the WNIT, the matchups are kind of insane. Rhode Island, Richmond, Harvard, UMass, Fordham, Columbia, and then Syracuse and Seton oh Hall, gosh. who are the only two power six teams in the in that group two still remaining. And so I think if you turn on the TV or turn on ESPN plus ESPN three, no matter which WNIT game you're watching from this group, I think it's going to be really good games. There's storylines all over the place and it's a great night of basketball. Oh, it's going to be phenomenal. See who advances to the round of 16 and you're basically halfway there to final or the final four of the tournament. And it's really just picks up every game and every win gives you another opportunity to play. What, was, what is it that we say, boys? When do we sleep? When do we sleep, boys? April June? 2nd. Oh, there you go. <laughs> April 2nd. We got to love March. Best time of the year. Postseason basketball. Can't have it any better. Exactly. We'll open it up to the floor once more time if anyone wants to ask questions or just say a quick comment about the UMass women's basketball team. The Minute Women will be hosting Harvard tonight at 7 p.m. from the Mullen Center. And it should be a lot of fun. Bring your friends, bring your families. I know UMass Reindeer will be there. I know the Hoop Band will be there. I know all of you will be there. So it should be a lot of fun. Big thank you to George and the Quarters. But first, a question from Quinn, who we have had on the halftime show, by the way. <laughs> uh, more of a comment. I, I would say the Albany game, I was a little disappointed. The, the crowd was there. But they weren't loud enough. So if you're in the crowd tonight, be loud. Cheer for this team. Be loud on defense particularly. I don't want to hear another the Albany bench singing their song again. <laughs> so uh, be loud. I think I've sent about 20 texts to my friends telling them to make sure they know there's a game, make sure to get down there. So trying to trying to get do my part to get people down there. I think you guys are as well. Exactly. Be a good crowd. <laughs> and as Quinn said, if you don't know when to – chant or yell or what to chant or yell listen to the hoop band because they're saying stuff all game long listen to the cheerleaders and the dance team because they're all pro UMass it should be a really fun atmosphere it should be a really fun game and I know we're all looking forward to it you can catch that game on WMUA pregame show starting at 6:45 with tip-off at 7 p.m. Josh Schreiber and I will be on the call for that one it's an in-state rivalry game it's a revenge attempt for Harvard it should be a blast. I want to give a big thank you to George William Myers and the Quarters for letting us host this episode 26 of the UMass Women's Basketball Show. For Sam Kinches, Chris Vogel, and our engineer today, Beckett Story, my name is Jacob Munch. You've been listening to episode 26 of the UMass Women's Basketball Show on the official radio network of Minute Women Hoops, WMUA Sports.